This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. And we have a very interesting guest with us today, Rachel Archulis. I hope I said your name right. It's a somewhat unusual name. So she is the founder of the Intuitive Arts Academy, and she teaches people how to have a two-way conversation with their intuition. And she has been doing this for over 10 years and been doing it online for four years. And she's known internationally as a spiritual teacher and a business mentor to light workers. And she has a book coming out in a few months called Intuitive Art, Have a Two-Way Conversation with Your Higher Self. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm really, really glad to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. And I just want people listening to know we've got some interesting things coming up. We're going to look about how you can figure out what to do in your business using your intuition and intuitive art, um, some practical applications in your business, why Rachel is the person for this right now, and what is your higher self or intuition and why you'd want to have a relationship with her in the first place. And then also, how do you trust yourself more and why that is so important in business this year? Um, And another thing is, why is a two-way conversation with your intuition important? So lots of interesting things. So if it's okay with you, Rachel, why don't we start off with uh, how you can figure out what to do in your business using intuition and intuitive art, which I must admit is an interesting idea, intuitive art. What, what exactly is that? Yeah, so intuitive art is just an alternate way to access your inner wisdom, your intuition, and it's a nice way to do it outside of your head. I find that so many people are kind of stuck in their heads, overthinking things, they're in that mental loop of not making a decision, you know, just having all the options like go around and around. And so I teach intuitive development, but when I ask people to just go in their bodies and and see, okay, how do you really feel about that? Or what do you think your intuition is saying about that? They get kind of stuck. So um, a great way to learn to trust yourself and to get more context out of your intuition is to use intuitive art. And it's really just a three-step process of asking a question doing a little scribble, you do it with your eyes closed, so it's not about making a drawing that looks like anything, and then looking at your drawing and seeing what colors are there, and using the colors and the shapes to have your answer come to you. And um, in this technique, we bring you through a guided meditation to find out what your colors mean so that you have a really easy color sheet to reference when you're looking at your drawing. So no real art is involved, and you don't have to have any intuitive experience. So sometimes the name freaks people out, but it's really quite simple. So anyone could do this. You just have to have... Absolutely anyone, yeah. Great. And how how does this help you figure out what you're going to do in your business? Do you ask yourself a question before you start creating the art? or? Yeah, so... 
You know, I've been doing intuitive art longer than I've had a business, but when I got into business, I realized that there are so many things you have to decide on every single day. You know, like, what is my marketing funnel going to look like? And how do I get clients? And what do I say to them? And what should I sell? And, you know, there's so many things we have to know about ourselves and we have to make decisions on for our business to function and grow that doing it just in your head can be completely overwhelming. So I use intuitive art to answer everything. And we all know that going to our intuition is really like, if there was ever a shortcut, that's it. Because our intuition has our, you know, best interests at heart. It knows what we want. It's connected to everybody else on the planet. And so it's kind of like having a friend at the top of the mountain seeing everything and reporting back down of like, okay, this is your best bet. Go here. And when we, you know, use intuitive art or intuition in our businesses, it's really a good way to take a leap forward without all the stress. Mm. So you can use this for solving practical questions in your business today? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day. So what, what kind of things might we use that on today? Well, just for an example, um, on my wall, I have a couple of my drawings up just so that I can reference them every day. And one big one is my why. You know, we all hear, um, you know, the Simon Sinek books start with the why and um, how that really should be like the cornerstone of your business. But a lot of people, I think, lose connection with that. So I just have my why drawing up. Um I also have like a business plan that I do at the beginning of each year with intuitive art hanging up so that I can see the focus and the intentions I've set for my business. Mm. Um, But you can do like, you can wake up and say, okay, well I want to get three new clients this week and do a drawing about the best way that you can get three new clients that week. So Mm. it can be super, super practical or kind of more conceptual, um, Anything you need. Wow. So I love how you have a drawing of your why. Is, is that sort of like a vision board, but it came from your intuition? Kind of. I think what it does is it, I feel sometimes like I can think about what my why would be, or I can feel it out in my heart. And it it might seem like I have five different whys. You know, I don't really know what the exact right words to use are but when I did the drawing it so completely summed it all up and it for me it's spiritual embodiment and wealth and love those are the only three things that showed up um but that's exactly why I'm in business to experience wealth in all ways to further my spiritual embodiment because that's really what I'm looking for and to experience more love, share more love and receive more love. So I, I feel like I couldn't have really done that as well as my intuition could have summed it up for me. So mm. that's one of the things I love about those overall kind of more conceptual uses of intuitive art. And it sounds like it's not just the words, but, you know, the, the fact that it's art speaks to you at a, a deeper level. Yeah, I feel like when we have the, we have our color sheet, right? So we have like the words that go with the colors, but then when we also see the color, 
um, it goes deep within us. You know, we're all very visual people. Even blind people have visions um, and feelings and, you know, deep connection there. So I feel like when we use more than one sense at a time, then we get more benefit from it so yeah i am very visual but i think i think we all are mm. well that sounds like a wonderful method that any practical problem you have you can just do some art get out of your head and get messages from your intuition and not only that you know sometimes the art becomes something you can have in front of you every day to remind you of that message yeah it's really nice and um it does add a lot of color to your office. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those people who are on the go, you could put it on your laptop background or on your phone background. Uh, there's many ways Absolutely. to take it with you. So you've been doing this work for 10 years now. What, why, why is this so special for you, Rachel? Well, I grew up really open, really psychic, and really creative. And the first time I actually ever did intuitive art, this method, was when I was 11. And it really made a big impact on me. So I can tell you the story if you'd like. Yeah, please do. So I was, um, you know, 11, sitting on my floor in my bedroom, painting the top of a cardboard box for my mom. It was a small one, you know, the kind you get at the craft store. Mm. And... It, this painting, I was just spacing out, doing this art. It had like a black cross and four different colors of orange in the corners. And, you know, obviously it doesn't really look like much, but I looked down at it and this thing popped into my head, kind of like out of nowhere. And it said that my mom compartmentalizes her problems. And I really didn't know what that meant per se. You know, I, I really, I was a smart kid and everything, but I, I didn't really have any context for what that would mean. And so I went to my mom and I totally ruined her birthday surprise, <laughs> but I asked her if that made sense. And, and she looked at me kind of, you know, a little taken aback and she said, yeah. And she didn't tell me everything, but later on I learned that at the time she was dealing with um, some trauma that had resurfaced in her life from when she was young and not wanting to put that burden on my dad and not wanting to upset me and my sister. And she was also thinking about um, getting a divorce. And so a lot was happening and she really wanted to keep a brave face on for everybody. And so when that first encounter happened, I just thought it was so interesting that I kept going and over the next few years, I just did more drawings and more paintings, and the, the voice would come again and tell me what it meant. But then eventually I realized that all the colors always meant the same thing. Mm. So black always meant boundaries. So it made sense that the black in that original painting was showing a boundary between those four different orange things, the, the four blobs, and orange always means a mental color for me anyway. Everyone's colors are different. So after I noticed the patterns, I realized um, I didn't need that voice in my head to tell me what it meant anymore. I could just figure it out because I could look at it and see, oh, this means that and that means that. So 
14 years ago, I, I decided to see if everyone could do this, if I could teach this to people and it worked. So I could help people figure out what their colors meant in an easy way and then show them how to do the technique so they could get their questions answered. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. That is very powerful that you were, you were able to access this part of yourself, your intuition, when you were, you know, 11 years old. Because so many of us, you know, were able to access it when we were little children, but then it, it you know, disappeared as we got older, as we went through school. How, mm-hmm. how did you manage to retain access to this throughout your school years? I was always a really different kid. I mean, you hear stories of of kids growing up who are a little different. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this all really felt like kind of different from their peers. And I also grew up, um, you know, very open, like, you know, talking to my relatives who'd passed and seeing my guides and everything. So I think it was just a part of me that was more out front than most people. So I just didn't lose touch with it. But I also had the benefit of spending a lot of time outside in nature Mm. and being by myself. And I think that really helps, um, you know, keep that intuitive connection when you can be in nature all the time. Yeah, I think that helps both children and adults. You know, if if you want to get more in touch with intuition, one way to start that process is to go into nature more. Yeah, absolutely. So I I noticed your last name is a little unusual. It, 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 is that the name you were born with, or did you pick it yourself later? Or <laughs> it's funny, yeah. It's definitely not the name I was born with. I was born Mingalello, which is very Italian, and um, and I I was married for a time and got divorced, and then after I got divorced, I realized. I wanted a new name. I didn't want my childhood name, and I didn't want um, my married name anymore, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anything that I just always wanted my whole life, so I asked my guides, and um, and I heard the name Archelaus after I asked, and I I had no idea what that name was about, or even if I heard it correctly. You know, it's kind of a different name I'd never heard it before. And so for the next year, I really spent trying on different names, thinking of things myself, asking my friends, and I did some research on the name Archelaus just to see if it's, if it's something that had resonated with me or added, you know, if there was any power to it or whatever I would find. And, and then I made it legally changed about a year after that. So yeah, it was uh, given to me by my guides and just out of a out of a place of wanting something new. Wow. So this was for your personal name, but you could ask your guides, you know, what a good name for your business would be or a good name for a product uh, or for their advice on anything in your business, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. They're very... (laughs) So... You mentioned uh, you you work with people helping them connect to their higher self and have a conversation with them. But what exactly is the higher self in your view? And and why would you want to have a relationship with her? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. So things really aren't linear, meaning, you know, we're not really separate from our higher selves. We're not really separate from all that is, but I'm going to describe it like it is just for, just so you can get more of a, a mental image of what I mean. So in my view, our higher self is just a bit above us dimensionally. So if you, if you imagine God or source or whatever you call it as the sun, you know, the sun's in the middle of the universe, let's say, and everything else revolves around it and everyone is connected to the sun. So we are a sunbeam, right? We're a little shard of the sun coming out and hitting the earth. So if you can imagine, right, God, source, as that sun, the sunbeam being us, we're coming out of the sun, we're hitting the earth. That's like the whole dimensional spectrum. We're all, we're all that. We're all connected to that. So we're all a part of the sun. We're all coming down and meeting on earth as individual beings. And your higher self is kind of like a little bit up on that sunbeam. So it's not connected to the earth. It's not bound by time or space like we are. Um, it's, you know, not so individuated that it can't really talk to other beings. Um, and it's more connected to source than we feel we are. So it can run up and down that sunbeam and go to source and then run down somebody else's sunbeam and talk to their higher self. So it gives us a lot more access to information, to feeling, to whatever else is out there in the universe because it doesn't know that it's limited. Like, you know, a lot of us on Earth think we're limited. Um, but it's also more connected to us and our kind of personality self than, say, a higher dimensional part of us. So all in summary, it's like the best go-between between God or source and us living as people. So that's why I really like consulting my higher self. Mm. And um, that's kind of how I like to describe it, even though, it's, you know, again, it's not completely what's happening. It's just a good way to look at it. So that sounds wonderful. Why, why would we want to have a relationship with our higher self from a business point of view? Well, I don't know about everybody listening, but when I started in business, there is just so much advice out there. And it was hard for me to understand what really would apply to me in my learning style, in my niche, in my, you know, to support my desired lifestyle. I mean, there's so much business help that it's really hard to navigate what what tactics and strategies to try out, what, you know, copywriting course to take. All, I mean, there's so much you have to do and assemble. I really needed a way to figure out what would work for me and what would help me grow spiritually and creatively and, you know, and not just, I'm, you know, I'm not just looking for money. I'm not just looking for no, a quick fix. So I needed to really navigate all of that. And I couldn't have done it without consulting my higher self, which is really the part of us that gives us our intuition. So the more I relied on asking my higher self for advice on which 
business classes to take and how to show up in my business, what tone to take and what, you know, packages or programs to offer, the easier business was for me. So I kind of see it as, again, kind of like a, a shortcut, like a direct route to finding the best um, the best advice, the best wisdom in my business so that I can just do what I love doing and I can um, develop a business that will grow and also support my desired lifestyle. Because I didn't want to just, you know, make money and be burnt out. I really wanted to have more of a lifestyle travel business and... Um, and that's what I have, thankfully. But, you know, it's really with the help of my higher self because otherwise I could have easily gone on the road of, you know, having just private clients and getting burnt out and not being able to travel. Mm. So this is the best part of yourself and she has access to more information than you have, um, both in terms of knowledge and in terms of time. Uh, and she can really advise us on you know what's gonna give us what we want in our business yeah so again like if there if you knew there was a part of you that had the best answer for you um wouldn't you go there yeah i mean i think most of us would and that's why you know sir richard branson and oprah and all of these really amazing um, connected, philanthropic business leaders, they all say that they, you know, really value their intuition as their number one business tool. And it's because it can see more than we can see here on earth. And we can leverage that relationship um, so easily and quickly in our lives. You know, just tapping into your intuition takes seconds and doing intuitive art takes a couple minutes. And then we've got our our answer that comes from a place that's much, much wiser than we are. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. So when you do intuitive art, it's, it's more like doing a doodle where kind of you're getting out of your mind and just letting the pens move across the paper. You're not trying to create a, a masterpiece there. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's going to look like something that your kindergartner did. Like <laughs> it's, um, it, yeah, the actual drawing part takes about 60 seconds, and you're doing it with your eyes closed, and oh. your hand, yeah, your hand is the brain, so you're just quickly scribbling and then opening your eyes. It's really quick. Now, why is it important you do, do this intuitive art with your eyes closed? We do it with our eyes closed for the same reason that people don't trust you know, the information that they get uh, in, from their intuition in their heads. And it's mostly just, you know, because they think it's them. So because you have your color sheet filled out and you know, like, for instance, say red means anger or blue means peacefulness. Um, if you had your eyes open when you were going to make your drawing and you were to go grab red, you would freak out for a second. You'd be like, oh, I don't want to grab red. And you would get mind engaged. And so the reason we have our eyes closed is so you have no idea what colors you're doing your drawing until you open up your eyes and you're all done. So that way there's no judgment, no interference, and you can't say, oh, well, I just picked that because I like that color. There's none of that. Mm, that is very clever. 
So, I mean, that makes me think that for some of our listeners, they're wondering, you know, this is great for Rachel and maybe Michael, but how can they trust themselves more and their intuition and higher selves? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, we're not brought up to believe in intuition. We're not brought up to trust ourselves. We're really brought up to look to the outside world for all of our validation and, you know, that's just turn on a TV or pick up a magazine and you're just going to kind of be indoctrinated into the fact that the outside world knows best. And luckily that's changing little by little, but it, you know, the best thing you can do to start to trust yourself if you're not used to it is to just do little things at a time. So the next time your intuition tells you to take a left instead of a right that day, Uh, do it. Take the left instead of the right. And oftentimes when we don't do that, we'll get stuck in extra traffic or we'll see something we really didn't want to see. So taking those little bits uh, to heart and and following through with your intuition, no matter how big or small, that's really going to start to develop trust for yourself. Um, But also starting to access your intuition on purpose is I think the fastest way to develop trust. So, um, for instance, when you have a decision to make, instead of going, you know, over and over about pros and cons in your mind, ask yourself how you feel about it. You know, your intuition comes in feelings in your body. And if you're feeling open and light about a decision, do that. If you're feeling constricted and heavy about something, then avoid that and, as you start living that way, you'll start to realize that things are going a, a lot better than they were before you started listening so hard. And then if you have a really hard time with any of that or you just want extra, um, do intuitive art because it's outside of your head, right? You're doing it with your eyes closed, so there's no chance of you, um, you know, in your mind making any of it up. And... Um, and you'll start to see the miracles that really start to happen in your life when you when you live that way. Is there a time you've forgotten to trust your intuition? Yeah, well, there is um, a big time that I I really had trouble with my intuition, and and that was when I was married and things weren't going so well. <laughs> it. It's a time in my life where I look back and I was just such a mess. I mean, I was like crying every day for years and things just, I wasn't a happy person. And because I'd let it go on so long, I really kind of lost who I was on the inside. I wasn't talking to my guides. I wasn't consulting my intuition. I was just kind of broken. And my friends were kind of I love them, bless them, but I think they were a little sick of hearing about (laughs) the same thing over and over again. And the problem I was having was that I I couldn't trust my partner anymore, and I thought he was having an affair, but he wouldn't admit to it, and I was just driving myself crazy, right, in that pro and con, mental loop, confusion, and I'd really forgotten how to trust myself. And then, I don't know, some stroke of, you know, genius wisdom came down. It was like, 
duh, don't, don't forget you have this tool here. And so I went out and I bought some um, art supplies, a sketch pad and, and a new uh, box of pastels, which are my favorite to use with this method. And I just started drawing and I made lots and lots of drawings. What should I do? Is he cheating on me? You know, what would it be like if I left? And I just started really seeing in front of me, you know, again, um, outside of my head, what was happening. And after a little while, that gave me the confidence to leave without even having confirmation from him that he was having an affair. Uh, about two months after I left, though, I did get confirmation that he was having an affair and he'd been having an affair for years. And so I felt really good that I'd been able to make the decision and go and um, start to relive my life really without that at first. So, yeah, that was a huge part of my, you know, point in my life where I trusted myself again and it it really paid off. I don't know what would have happened to me if I'd stayed in that situation. I just probably would have really broken down. I don't know if I would have been able to recover. And was that empowering afterwards, after you'd made the choice to trust your intuition? Yes, it was incredibly empowering. And, and it really started, um, it started me in a direction that was so much healthier, you know, because that big decision had been made kind of blindly, you know, just using my intuition. Um, I had so much strength in that connection after. And um, I started doing my candle company again. Um, you know, just so many things. I reconnected with friends. I, I started planning this business and and things really went up from there. It was it was really great. And I haven't uh, forgotten my connection since, thankfully. Wow. So that's really powerful. And, you know, some people listening may be, uh, you know, good to trust their intuition on a big decision like that, whether it's leaving a partner or making a business pivot or starting a new business or closing a business or making a big hire. Um, other people might not be quite at the point where they're prepared to take an action solely on the basis of their intuition. What would you say to them? You know, I would ask them to look back in their own lives and see where they follow their intuition and how it went and where they didn't follow their intuition and how that went. We all have so many examples of this and and it's often easy to review going backwards, right? It's it's really hard to look into the future and say, you know, well, I can trust that this would work out if I followed my intuition, but I'm scared. But when you look back, you can see it just so plainly. You can probably also think about other people, right? So if you have close friends or family who consult you on their decisions and you have heard the stories of like, well, I really, you know, I don't think this job's going to work for me, but I, you know, they want to do it anyway. You can look on their lives as well. So take a breath. You know, the reason that we often don't follow our intuition is fear. And, and that can be tough because fear feels so big often. Um, but if you can look back and get some trust looking at what worked out and what didn't and why, 
then looking ahead, you can kind of psych yourself up to move through the fear. I do that, I, you know, by really identifying that fear and excitement are the same thing. So they're just perceived differently. So we perceive um, excitement as fear when it kind of gets stuck in our chest. It's almost like there's like the excitement turns into a, little, a brick in your chest um, and then you think that you're afraid. But if you really think about it, on the outside of that, and your whole body, fear feels so energizing, right? It might just be me, but that's just how I feel it. If you can conjure up the, uh, the feeling of fear in yourselves right now, just take a breath of that. It's kind of energizing, right? It's just that the energy gets stuck in a part of you, and that kind of creates that paralysis, that fear gives us. But if you can get it moving again, you know, move your body around, try to act like you're excited instead of fearful. Um, and that will often help you break through the fear so that you can take the decision that you really want to take and uh, see it through. I love that idea of reframing fear to be excitement and moving your body in, in order to help that shift. And it remind, I don't know if you remember the scene in the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin, um, but he was really afraid that, you know, his child was performing for the first time on stage. You know, she was five years old or something, and he was afraid it would be a disaster. And his um, his mother or grandmother was there. And he he in the movie, the whole scene, he was in a crowd of parents and he felt like he was on a roller coaster and he was going to vomit. And his, the mother character said to him, oh, isn't it exciting? I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. It's so exciting. And then he was able to reframe that in his own mind and actually enjoy seeing his daughter perform and make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. And even the last thing that you said about, you know, he was excited to see her and even make mistakes. That's just part of life, right? Like, Mistakes aren't always bad. It doesn't always mean that you made the wrong choice. Often mistakes are what give us, you know, the best stories later on or, you know, the avenue to find out what really does work for us. So removing the pressure from yourself of making, a, you know, the perfect decision also really helps you to move forward with things because there's no perfect decision. You can't make a wrong turn in your life. It's impossible. Mm, because either you have an experience or you learn a lesson. Yeah, exactly. So I'm interested, you know, there's a lot of changes going on in the world. Why do you feel that business intuition is so important to use right now? Well, I have two answers for that. The first answer is that, you know, the information age is like saturating everything, right? There's so much information out there. You can find whatever you want. You can learn how to build any kind of business, um, any kind of lifestyle, any kind of product or program or sales technique. You can learn all of it. Everybody's an expert now, which is fabulous. I love that everyone is um, starting businesses and getting their work out there, but it makes finding the right information for you really hard unless you're using your intuition. So that's kind of the short answer. The longer, or not longer, but the more higher concept answer is 
I see the rules of reality changing. You know, we're, we're entering into this period where there's more light on the planet. We're kind of ascending, if you are following that, um, that whole narrative of, you know, 5D integration and ascension. And the rules that we believed in and allowed to govern us before, you know, like time being linear and, and all these other things, we're not really buying into that anymore as a whole collective. Even quote-unquote normal people are experiencing really cool awakenings. And so the more we rely on our intuition, the more inner connection we have, the more fun and ease we can experience our businesses with. We don't have to go the long way of like learning all the stuff, you know, becoming an expert in business. We, we just don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to pay our dues. We don't have to do a lot of the old fashioned things that you used to have to do. And so if you can develop an interconnection, then you can bypass a lot of that stuff and just go straight to abundance and fun and ease. And that is really what I'm trying to help people do now is to realize that this opportunity is here and, um, and take advantage of it because it can really change things for you. If you have lived a life of just hardship, you know, and you're just kind of done with being low energy and, you know, frustrated, it's such a good time to allow yourself to have a new experience now and it can really be done easily. I think. Have you experienced that, that too? <laughs> oh yeah, I I've had a thing. Uh, I I refer to it as C S E A, which to me stands for sexy ease and abundance. And in the yeah. context of business, sexy kind of means going with the flow and being flexible. Um, so, and I just you know I ask the question I ask a lot, which is what would it take? You know, what would it take for this task to to be C successful. So what would it take to be uh, flexible, easy, and abundant, and successful? Uh, and then my intuition tells me, okay, this is the way you can do it to, to get that instead of going around the hard way and struggling. Because mm-hmm. um, the opposite of, for me, the opposite of C would be uh, rigidity, um, struggle, and scarcity which is the old way of doing things, right? You've got to follow the rules. Yeah. Everything's got to be hard and and there's not enough to go around. So yep. it makes sense to me. Now, the whole Ascension thing and 5D makes sense to me. It may not make sense to everyone listening. Could you say a bit more about what that means, that we're shifting in reality to a different dimension and we're ascending? Yeah, so if you're not into this kind of thing, that's okay. You don't have to believe in it or understand it for for the good stuff to, you know, leak its way down to you. <laughs> um, you can totally ignore it and, and you're fine. But in a nutshell, you know how I described the higher self as, you know, being above time and space and having access to all the higher dimensions and, you know, the other other people and everything else that the sun is connected to? You know, everything else that God or all that is has access to. We're just kind of moving up to that level. So we are embodying our higher selves. So we'll be able to have that kind of power and experience here 
as people. Um, so basically just changing the rules of reality to fit more of what a higher self would be capable of doing. And that makes sense to me. And I think really we all, you know, we've always been spiritual beings having a human experience, but we create a lot of beliefs around ourselves to limit ourselves. Um, like the belief it must be a struggle to build your business or the belief that there's not enough to go around or um, the belief that I, you know, I don't know the answer, even though in reality our intuition knows all the answers. And we, do, we did that in order to pretend we were more limited than we really were. And this ascension process is a, a process of re-remembering how powerful we are. Exactly. Yep. It's all just a really fun, fun game and um, it's still fun and we're still playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a, seeing it all as a game and that we're playing makes it much more relaxed. Yes. That, that is a great thing to look at it. And uh, you probably know the Marianne Williamson quote around uh, our, you know, our deepest fear. That our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond, beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Yeah. Um, I, I think she was spot on when she said that. I agree. Yeah. And, um, and that's definitely what I see you know, in myself and also in my clients who are, you know, trying to start a business and kind of get off the ground. It's, it's really that value piece that people struggle with the most of seeing what they have as valuable and knowing that they're good enough already and, and embodying that light that they already are. That's the hardest part, I think. What a wonderful time to be alive. Absolutely. Oh, it's so fascinating. I love, love, love being alive. And it's just, it's even more beautiful every day. So I know you talk about two-way conversations with your intuition, but why two-way? Why is that important? I think it's important because when we just get intuition on something, not necessarily with what you were mentioning, because you ask the question and you get the question, you know, answered back. So that that would be a two way. But how most people experience it is they get just a gut feeling of like, oh, that's a good idea or a bad idea or go left or go right. And that's not a lot to go on. So that's kind of like blind faith there, you know, um, Having a two-way conversation allows you to get a little more context so you can ask a question and get an answer back. And then you can ask a follow-up question and get a follow-up answer back. And you can create this dialogue that gives you a lot more information on why to go left or why to go right or why to stay home, you know, or why to go on the date. Um, as people, you know, as little kids, they're always asking why, why, why. But adults really need that, too. And so when we can have a two-way conversation, it just gives us a whole lot more to go on, makes us feel a lot safer, and engages our mind more so our mind can be more relaxed about following our intuition. Um, and I think it's just, it also helps you embody your higher self so that your, you know, your connection becomes stronger and louder as well. Mm. 
Right, because by having by asking questions of your intuition, your intuition pays more attention to you, and the, the messages come more easily. Whereas if we are ignoring our intuition most of the time, you know, it tends to get tuned out. Yeah, you know, you're really rewiring your brain to look at that connection more often. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about intuitive art and intuition and higher self and helping your business succeed in this modern time? You know, I think the hardest part about all of this is just remembering that it's there. You know, I even have to remember um, that, you know, my intuition is there. I can do an intuitive drawing if I'm trying to make a decision about something or come up with a a new strategy for marketing or whatever. So try to set up reminders for yourself, you know, put a post-it on your computer or, you know, somewhere in your car, ask. It could just be those three little letters, ask, and just remind yourself, oh yeah, I have this amazing multi-dimensional connection with me at all times. It's a part of me, you know, get curious about it. It's just... Um, a bigger part of you, it's always with you. You're not separate from it. So um, get curious and remember to ask because, you know, I like to call what happens that you get multidimensional results. So when you start following your intuition regularly, you'll start to see things happen in your favor that you never could have even imagined. It's not that you just get good ideas and you go, you know, the right direction, so to speak. Like, things will happen, synchronicities will start to happen that you couldn't even have dreamed of. And and it's really magical when, when you start to follow your intuition and you see that happening. I like to say that you don't even know how good it can be because your mind right now can't perceive how much better your life will be when you start following your intuition and it keeps getting better and better. So um, definitely ask, get curious, follow through, trust, and and your life will really change. I love that idea of having some reminders to ask, Um, you know, just writing ASK on a yellow sticky and sticking it on your car dashboard or maybe putting it on your phone background. And I'm just thinking, you know, how many of us ask our phones for things, you know, by looking up stuff or uh, whatever we do on our smartphones these days. I sometimes wonder what I do on it or what other people are doing on it. But the question I want to ask everyone is, what would it take for it to be so habitual for you to access your intuition as it is for you to reach for your smartphone during the day? Because your intuition is a billion times smarter than your smartphone. Truth. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful talking with you, Rachel. How would people find you online if they wanted to learn more about intuitive art and talking, having a two-way conversation with their higher self? Well, we have a free class, so you can learn the whole technique for free at Intuitive Art academy.com and you can find out more about intuitive art at intuitiveart.com fabulous well thanks so much for being on the show rachel 
Thank you. This was such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?